Hey everybody, welcome to the Cam Tory Show here, Chris Cam Tory Show. Great to be with you, opening the show with some new music from Strawberry Fuzz, my uh, my favorite new band out of Venice, California. They're playing actually a show that I'm uh, that I'm producing in April. More on that in the weeks to come. In the meantime, you can catch them at the Soda Bar on El Cajon Boulevard uh, this Sunday. And speaking of live music, talking to a musician today by the name of Peter DeStefano, guitar player for Porno for Pyros, who just played a show here in San Diego. And I caught them up in Ventura at the Ventura Theater. Two shows. I, I never see a band, or rarely do I see a band, unless it's Radiohead two nights in a row or on the same tour. But I have a special... Special place in my heart for for Peter and for Porno for Pyros, Perry and Perk and Mike Watt, Martine, their their original bass player. More on that in a few, but do want to thank our sponsors, starting with CaliforniaVibes.net. If you'd like to make a real estate move, hit up CaliforniaVibes.net, fill out the form on the website, and uh, my friend Sari will get back to you. It's uh, It's certainly the way to go. If you are looking to dump some real estate, make that move or transition here in San Diego, it's such a crazy time as it relates to housing. That's something that I'm dealing with uh, myself. I, I was recently displaced due to the storm that happened uh, happened here in San Diego. <clears throat> Excuse me, on the 22nd of January. I'm feeling dehydrated. One sec. It's the end of my drink. But um, yeah. Currently displaced with the fam. It sounds worse than it is. We're, we're at an Airbnb, just a couple of doors doors up from my house. I can see our house, but the whole process has been a nightmare. And I remind myself when it is a nightmare that it could be so much worse when I think about these families, especially in the South Bay, who don't have resources, who are just jammed into these Motel 6s. And um, it's fucking scary. I can relate in a lot of ways to how that feels, but uh, again, I'm privileged enough right now to have a soft landing spot, but that could change at any moment, and I think that's what's so scary about the world that we live in today. So uh, yes, if you need to make a move as it relates to real estate, I get it, CaliforniaVibes.net, and Sari will make it uh, an easier process for you. So let's see, what can we talk about? There's a lot I would like to talk to you about, but I don't want to get away or I'd like to stay on theme as it relates to our content here. And we'll we'll talk to Peter here of Porno for Pyros and you'll hear a lot about the history of the band. And uh, I had a chance to talk to Peter. I'll set the stage. That's what I'll do. Sold out show, Observatory, North Park. And uh, they don't really have backstage areas there. Usually when I interview a band or an artist like Peter, I'll meet the band backstage or on their bus, but uh, there's no backstage area at the uh, at the observatory in North Park. And then the buses they're traveling with women, and uh, it's you know there, it's a it's a space issue. So Peter's cool enough to meet me out in the friggin' courtyard, right behind the theater. He's he's got all his fans walking by, waving at him. My buddy Spike from the Spice Pistols cruised by and had to say, Spike's great. 
in any event, it was cool just sitting back and having a nice little discussion with Peter outside the observatory before they took the stage. And this is how the conversation went. Hi, Chris. We're here outside the North Park Theater. You've yep. got a show tonight. Yes. With, with Porno for Pyros. Yes. Thank yeah. you for, first of all, taking some time and doing this here. Oh, thank you for having me on we've, your We've on got your kids, kids playing in yeah, the playground. It's a beautiful place, this uh, North Park. Have you been here before, this never, area? Never. I've never been in this area. Just see the people skating and the kids playing and the farmer's market. And the theater was really cool. We did sound check. Super cool. Vintage and to see the uh, the line, and I'm grateful that it's sold out. Yeah, you know, so everything's man. good. So the world is a, it's a beautiful place right now for porno for pirates. Yeah, it is right now. And so. it's a trip because I was thinking about it as I was driving down here to meet you. That you know, I think uh, it's like almost like history is repeating itself because yeah. the band is getting back together during a time when shit's kind of crazy in the world. And I think when you formed, I think back to like the LA riots and just Los Angeles was burning. And yeah. it just seems like here you guys are again while the world is kind of in a crazy place. Yeah, we're, we're uh, Perry and I are definitely really in, and the whole band is really into uh, helping the earth. Right. You know, healing the earth and, uh, and trying to bring sincere music to help influence people to be sincere. You know, personally, in my life, I haven't needed live music more just for my mental health, just to tune out, you know, a lot of things that are happening in the yeah. world. That's why yeah. I look at the birth of porn or the rebirth of porno right now is such yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Tell me, what has it been like working with the band again? I mean, this has got to be a trip for you, too, because you've been dormant for a minute now. Yeah, it's been dormant for a while, but but. Steve and I have Hell Ride with Mike Watt. Right. And so we've done that over the years. And then Perry and I have I've played like on every single one of his solo records. And we've done Lollapalooza together on the kids stage. And we've done other stuff. So it's like we've been together, uh, but not as Porno for Pyros. And then we, we reunited as Porno for Pyros in 2020, virtual Porno for, uh, virtual Lollapalooza we got together in a backyard because there was a pandemic. That's right. And it was you guys in a backyard, in a backyard with, Mike. with Watt. And yep. we, so we did that. And then we did an actual, our first live show at, uh, the Rockville. Yeah. It was a big Florida. festival. Yeah, a big it was festival. like out of nowhere. So, so we back. did that. And then we did uh, a handful of shows and Lollapalooza. Yep. And that was in 2022, all in 2022. Then 2023, we spent writing and recording music. Right. So we have three new songs, and now we're going to do this uh, tour and play the new songs. It's such a beautiful thing. Does San Diego have anything, you know, when you think of San Diego and the band, too, I remember the first incarnation, you know, when you guys first played your first shows down in Mexico at Mr. Yeah. Crown's. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember that show. I do, I do. That was Where one the, the roof, like, was where the, Dude. It was hanging on the roof and it fell down or something? Like, the ceiling was, like, six feet tall. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody was cramped in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The room was completely packed. It was rad. And it was the first time a lot of us yeah. had ever experienced porno for pirates. Yeah, that was fun. So I, I think back to then, and then I think back to now, and it's just such a friggin' trip. Yes. It's just, uh, you know, uh, it's a little more, uh, you have a little more life experience and a little little better musical chops, you know, <laughs> than I had then. It was all great. I mean, it, writing music's really important, but I'm also into, like, uh, 
technique and stuff and sure and, and uh, getting better at guitar of course yeah and how's the whole band feeling i mean i i i would imagine this is kind of an emotional thing for everybody right well it was funny because it's a farewell tour right it was booked as that and everything and then perry and i did an interview for uh la times okay and it was just being recorded but we were on zoom we were looking at each other and it was not going to be uh you know, sonically heard or visually heard, it was going to be written out, but it was being recorded to be written sure. out. Then Perry started crying. Because how can I say goodbye to this guy? You know, and then, and then I started crying. So we were both crying. And then he went on K Rock, <laughs> and, and they crying. filmed. No, and then they filmed him at K Rock, and I wasn't there. And they go, so well, why is this the farewell? And then he started crying. He goes, it's not farewell. <laughs> and then he goes, I want to surf with Pete. You know, and he was crying. And so then I watched it and started crying. So it's like. We're trying to make it a fair world, but we love each other. But you all, yeah, you're all brothers. So it's a beautiful way to like, like we're, we're, we playing because we want to. Right. We're trying to make this like a, you know, let's, because the band fell apart because of me. Back in the day, I was a heroin addict, really bad junkie. And so it fell apart because of that. We didn't hate each other fight. I just was unhealthy. You right. know, I had cancer and heroin addiction. Oh. So. I just, but now I'm 26 and a half years sober. Dude. So, you know, I can say that and talk about it's it. It's beautiful. But yeah, and so now we're coming together and it's, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, it's a different it's deal. It's like a different version yeah, of you. Yeah, it's a different version of me. So it's like I had to do 25 in, to life without <laughs> porno for screwing it up as a, as a junkie, a needle right. uh, shooter, you know. But it's a, it also shows so much of the brotherhood between yeah. the band because yeah. you obviously were tight, as you yeah. said, during the yeah. entire process. Yes. So it's just got to be so profound doing it this time around yes. compared to then because yeah. you literally are a different human with a whole different brain, 100%. mentality, and mindset. Yeah. Which I'd imagine which would lend to why you feel like you're playing better than you've ever played. Yeah. Well, I'm just practicing now. Mike Watt calls me every morning before the sun comes up at 5.45 a.m. And he has for like, I don't know, at least five years or more. And every day, whether it's Christmas, whether it's my every birthday, day. New, every day, every day, religiously. And we talk about John Coltrane, Miles Davis, just, uh, you know, And were you an Charlie old school Parker. Minutemen fan as well? Because I, I, I know I, Perry was. Yeah, Perry was. Huge. And Flea and, and right. those guys in there. And Mike Watt heard the first Porno for Powers record. And he has a jazz mind, and he instantly heard sevens and nines. Right. So he sat and talked with me, and he had this, like, plumber shirt that said what and we were backstage somewhere and i was with the chili pet we we're all hanging out and then he kept talking to me and i was like this guy won't stop talking to me he's like a plumber and he won't stop talking <laughs> and flea goes bro that's the best bass player in the world that's mike watt from the minuteman you ever heard of mike with the minuteman i go no you know because i was like raised on like led zeppelin leonard okay. skinner you Classic know just, just yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. so um and then Eric Avery was like, he's the, they both agreed Dude. he's the best bass player in the world. Oh, so, yeah. SST, so then the I got thing. into him through him coming to me, and now we're best friends. And we play, we play in two bands together. He's in Porno, he's in Hellride, and he calls me every day. And uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so isn't that funny? That's friggin' beautiful. So yeah, it's beautiful. That's the story of Mike Watt with me. Sorry, I'm uh, no. late to the party. But, this is tremendous. But at least I'm at the party. I'm at the you, white, but Mike you Watt were party. before Mike started playing with you guys again on this run. You were with your original yeah, bass Mark player. Yeah, Martine. Right? What happened was we did Rockville with Watt, and then um, after that. Martine said, "I'd like to to play with you guys." So, which was so Watt cool. couldn't. He was on a tour. He had a tour, and we and we wanted to play. 
So Martin said, so okay, well, Martin came in. So Martin and I, and the, you know, the original band did like five gigs in 2022. Then we were supposed to do a tour at the end of 2023. And- You were uh, working on the record. We were working on the record. And then Perry says, I want to release the music first. So let's push back the tour. So we did that. But then Martin said, I don't really want a tour. So then Mike Watts says, I'm available. I'll do it. <laughs> Perfect. So we released the music, booked the tour with what? And here we are. Yeah. At the but North Martin's Park Observatory. New, yeah, but, but uh, Martin is on the three. He's on the recordings. New, yeah, the new three recordings. Yeah. And Mike's touring with you yeah, guys. Yeah. Which brings us to where yeah, we are. And he right was now. on the second record of Porno for Pyros. Exactly. He was the bass player for that. There so you go. A few songs, yeah. I'm well aware of the history. Yeah. Cool. Couldn't be a bigger fan. Oh, and thank stoked you, Chris. to be here with you today. Oh, to Honestly, be with you, this Chris. is a full circle moment for me as oh, well. Wow. In a different mindset. Not quite as gnarly as your mindset in no, the transformation, but good. certainly different person today than when I first saw you down in Mexico. Yeah. yeah so definitely. thank you for the music and thank you for helping us navigate through this crazy world with your love and beautiful. Music. Oh, thank you, Chris, so much. Love and respect. That's awesome. Thank you to Peter for uh, for making some time before you went on stage to play that uh, sold-out show, which, by the way, was amazing over at the Observatory North Park. It was such an insane show. Perry was in great form. Perkins, one of the greatest drummers of all time. I freaking love Mike Watt. A couple of nights later, I was up in L.A. visiting my folks, and my best friend Stefan up there was playing across the street from the Ventura Theater, some bar up there called the San, what, the San Su, San Sui, San Susi, San Susi, I don't know. The bar right across the street from the Ventura Theater, he was playing there with his band Center Shift, the same night that Porno for Pyros was playing. So I met my parents, and it was like we were in high school. I was like, all right, Steph, you fly, I buy. So I uh, ended up getting us some tickets to the show and had an amazing time, then went and saw Stefan play and didn't get home until like 3 in the morning with an in-and-out run in between. I even puked. I had to have him pull over at one point, and I had to puke. I can't believe I'm admitting this. I'm 53 years old and I'm having my buddy who I've known since high school pull the car over on the 101 so I can puke because I had a uh, tequila soda and I never drink. I really don't, but it was the tequila soda. I was really tired and then I had some in and out and Stefan was uh, driving like a madman. So I puked, which I won't do at Wonderfront 2024. As I had a chance to Zoom with the founder, curator, the main man behind Wonderfront, Paul Thornton. Here's how the discussion went. And then we're, when we're done with the discussion, I'll tell you how you can win some free tickets. Okay? Cool. So it's uh, great to make a connection with you again. It's been a minute. Welcome back to uh, San Diego with Wonderfront, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy to be back. Um you know, with these new dates, we're excited about it in May. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. And what do I know? But I really do feel like May is a better time for the festival versus uh, November and the holidays and all that stuff that you were battling against weather. Yeah, it's so true. You know, now we get to be kind of a kickoff to summer festival. Uh, before we were kind of the last festival of the year, the weekend before Thanksgiving was really tough on 
travel and holidays and even with our staff. I mean, trying to load out in three days and get people flying home on the most expensive day of the year to be home Duff. for Thanksgiving was just crazy. You know, it was just tough on everybody. And um, but we understood, you know, the city and Port and everybody said, if you're going to close down these parks for three days and have a festival, you can take the slowest time of the year and show us what you can do. And everyone's sure. loved the event. And that's why we were able to move it to mid-May and, you know, and have the backing to do that now. Yeah. And that would explain why there was a, was a gap, right? Because it related strictly to the dates and kind of getting everything figured out there. Correct. Yeah, because, it, you know, that took a long time to get approved through. We have to go through Coastal as well, too. So you have Coastal, you have City of Port, um, figuring out when that weekend is and makes sense. You also have to look at the schedule of other festivals in Southern California around then, too. So, you know, we really settled in on a good weekend. By the time we did, it, it was just not feasible to have a November 23 event and turn right around and have a May 24 event. So we definitely right. just said, okay. We're just going to focus on May. This is our weekend going forward every year, and uh, that'll be the next festival. And what's it like, you know, as a promoter, you you, you want that instant gratification. You you're a driving force, but then you're dealing with the bureaucracy, you know, the city, and sometimes that moves like the Titanic. It would drive me nuts having to go through that process, is I guess what my point is. You know, it, Chris, it is really hard because our business moves so quickly, right? Like when something comes up, if you don't move on it and get an offer on an artist and get something plugged in, they're gone, right? It's exactly. Like, it's that uh, that's circular entrance to a hotel if you know if it's busy and you don't slide in when you have a chance someone else will and you're standing outside waiting yeah so, you know when you get into those situations where you're you're waiting on the process to play out i mean i, I did that once years back uh, we just on the side did a big subdivision development and it was like just you, know, you go into city meetings and they'd be like oh well we'll table this for 60 days and you're like hey hold on I've got people waiting. I'm paying right. the bank on this. You know, what's going on here? This I'm doing business now. now. I got on sale dates to hit, you know, the yeah. whole bit. No, so, that's, it would drive me crazy. But I'm sure once you got the green light, it was like, all right, it's on full tilt. We got to move and fast. Yeah. I mean, we got started, you know, you can't book artists until you know your date and you're locked in, right? You can't just say, Hey, we want to have you. And it's a floating date because they're working their schedules all around things. And so once we found that out in the fall, it, we've had to have a quick window to turn around and book, which is always scary. Yeah. And at the same time, somehow, and I know that artists love this event and the weekend works well. And, you know, honestly, I think we have the strongest, you know, one of the strongest lineups in all of Southern California for a festival this year. Yeah. We'll get to the lineup in just a sec. Can't I'm saving the best for last. Can't, can't <laughs> wait to talk about the bands, but as far as the process is concerned, just, uh, when it came to deciding on these dates, was it also hard to keep it a secret? Um, yeah, it, 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 it always is, but we finally did let that out, um, you know, towards the end of the year last year, but then everyone wants to know, you know, okay, what's the lineup? When are you announcing the lineup? Right. And we were just getting bombarded on socials where we said, it's coming soon. It's coming soon, you know? And then when we really thought we were going to be able to kind of announce it in about the third week in January, um, our, you know, people don't understand in our industry a lot of times, unless you're in it doing festivals, you have this artist poster and everyone looks at it when it comes out and goes, oh, look at all the bands on there, right? Well, every band pretty much thinks they should be listed in front of the band that's in front of them. 
<laughs> they're, they're really concerned about that and managers are concerned. So we have to get this a poster approved by every artist. Wow. It, it took weeks because we have, it's easier if you have like a big band and then a big drop off, but we're like solid all the way through. So right. there's all these bands that have a good case why they might be there, but the other band has a great case the other way. And, you know, it's tough. We're sitting there having back and forth with, Here's the two bands in comparison, Spotify numbers, Instagram numbers, where they played last in the market, how many tickets they sold, how they're trending nationally. Are they on an upspring with new music or not? I mean, it's like, dude, that's heavy. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, and you deal with radius clauses on artists who might be on a show in LA or Vegas when they're allowed to announce. So it's tough because you're trying to work through that process. And at the same time, when it takes a few extra weeks, you're getting blasted online by people like, is this really happening? What's wrong with you guys? Get your shit right. together, right? <laughs> and that's just the nature of the beast too. It doesn't matter who you are. You could be a small little community festival or, you know, Coachella and you're going to get shit thrown at you no matter what. Yeah. And and I'm sure you were dealing with when you, when you say the radius clause, because it is within the same time frame ish as Coachella. I'm sure that was a, that was a thorn in the side when it came to booking, I would imagine to some degree. Well, it is, you know, and that's one of the things we had to consider when we were looking at better dates than November. You know, we looked at the fall and we looked at the spring and it's just the fall for San Diego. There's so much more competition and things going on. And then, you know, the city already looks and says our hotels are filled and conventions are packed every week here. The spring had a little more room in that regard where the city wanted us to look at spring. But when you go into spring, we can't have any of the bands around Coachella. I mean, they've got right. Southern California radius, so you can't do anything on Coachella. So you're directly competing for those artists that you want both want now. Um, and uh, but you know, I, I honestly think we did a, a great job with what we were able to put together. And I think what we're trying to do is, you know, we're we're trying to do a festival that is truly what music festivals were created for and used to be. Right. Because they most all of them have been bought up by the 800 pound gorillas. Right. And it's the same band on 20 festivals and it's very vanilla and it's a big headliner and then a lot of drop off. And the idea of festivals always was, you know, when they started was it's not about seeing that huge name that you can see play an arena or a stadium or somewhere on their own. Anyways, it's about coming out and seeing all these new bands you haven't seen before right? That you started to hear on the radio and you're getting excited about. And it's really the first time you experience a lot of these or, you know, you, what I call bump into the brand, right? How many times at a festival you walk around, you hear another stage, you might not even been planning to go to it. You walk over and you start watching this artist and you, you saw three songs you just fell in love with. Yep. That's what a festival is supposed to be. And the corporate entities have gotten us away from that. And we're still an independent and that's what we're fighting for. And it's, it makes the booking job a lot harder a lot longer, but we're, we're committed to that. And I think when people come out and watch these bands, I mean, from the first band on each day to the last, it's just solid. It's just great, you know, and we haven't even announced, uh, the bands on some of our smaller stages, like our emerging club stage. I mean, because we're still working through those submissions because we're really, it's not just about, oh, there's a band that'll play for this, stick them on. It's like, no, who are the stars of tomorrow that we can say we had on our club stage this year? Right. You want to curate an experience and then kind of propel that next bit. And that's, to your point, that's how the festivals used to work back in the day. When I think of my early experiences going to festivals, 
you did get there early because you were going to get exposed to that next big band. That's when yeah. nine when Nine Inch Nails went on first, or Rage yeah. Against the Machine opened Lollapalooza. Just that thinking of that alone is mind blowing, you know. So I appreciate yeah. what you're doing there. And then as it does relate to the uh, to the lineup, because you are an independent group, what is the process like when it does come to booking? People are submitting to you directly. Do you have a team? You, is there a voting process? And it's also, you know, back in the day it would be record sales. Now you're looking at friggin' Instagrams and TikToks. Well, yeah, and it's, but it's a process where you've got to still weigh everything. And even your gut is a big part of that, right? I think too many of the corporate festival lineups have gone to just TikTok numbers. And I think you see that when you see some of the festivals of last I couple agree. Of years, you go, oh, it's just TikTok numbers. Yep. And then some people go out there and go, yeah, they got one song and the rest is not very good. You it's know, garbage, kind of, right? Yeah. It's just filler. And so we we do have a team. Um, the way the process works is we reach out to all the agencies with our dates. They submit artists. Um, a lot of times, though, we start hammering on, well, we want here's another 20. We want you to look into their plans. They're not on your submission list, but could it work? Could it possibly fit in their routing? Could we do other things to make it happen? Um, so, you know, I'd say a lot of it's curated from what's submitted to us that we go through and then what we go out and fight for and try and pull in. But then you look at, you know, where do they fit in a lineup on a slot on a stage that day? And you get down to comparing them against four or five other acts in that same kind of price range, so to speak. You have sure. to bid towards that stage spot. And that's where you dive into the numbers, the trends, who's got new music coming out. I mean, a part of our big platform is we really want to stay committed to presenting new emerging artists with new music or career artists that have new music. Right. Sure. So even if you look at a Weezer or a Beck, they've got new collabs out there, right? Beck just did a bunch of music with Phoenix and other artists, and it's yep. really relevant today that brought spurred that back up. Weezer, you know, did that cool collab with Dominic Fike, who we have on that same night with them. So, so yeah, cool. Surprise, surprise, do they get together? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the one, yeah, that's the pairing that I know, you know, and that's why it's cool that your lineup also hits all demos. I'm excited about that, but so is my 16-year-old daughter. Yeah. And the other thing we're doing is we really tried to, you know, our festival has been a little bit unique. Most festivals have a more straightforward point of view. You know, we're a rock festival or we're a hip hop festival or whatever. We really are a lot of genres. And it was always set up that way to celebrate music in San Diego. And there's yep. a lot of genres that people like in San Diego. So, you know, the, the first few years, we really tried to have every genre on every day. And that gets a little tough because it kind of thins out the lineup for those people that really just love a hip hop show or an EDM show. So we kind of studied some models back east that have worked really well, including like Summerfest in Milwaukee, which actually sells more tickets every year than Coachella. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the largest in the U.S. I think it's been going on like 30 years or something. And they they really do it by day. Like they don't even sell a three-day pass. Yeah. Everything by day and that way you really get the genres you love so we really focused we kind of hybrided that with what we've had so if you look at friday it's much more you know hip-hop hip -hop yep. right i see that if you look at saturday it's all things rock rock all rock indie rock you know it, it's your rock spaces with a little pop in there too and then sunday is um you know kind of that roots rock into americana alt country and jam yep right and so it kind of it kind of lets people go, 
hey, if I just want a single day and I'm going to just blow myself out from start to finish and I love this <laughs> genre, boom, pick that day. But there's still a vein through the whole thing that if you want to come for the weekend, I mean, it's awesome. You're, yeah. you're just go nuts over. I mean, there's there's some people that will say, I absolutely have to see T-Pain and K-Tronada on Friday and I need to go see Weezer and Dominic Fike and Carly Ray Saturday. And yeah, I'm going to stick around Sunday because I got Beck and the Roots and Polo and Pan. Hell yeah. It, it, you just, you're set for the whole weekend. So tell me about, uh, and, and it's really, you you just mentioned K Trinata. I, I'm part of my ignorance that that's an artist that I see headlining and I'm like, who the, what the hell? <laughs> A, as well as Jid. And I know I'm friggin' dating myself here, but uh, can you tell us about those two headliners in particular? Yeah, I mean, like I said, Friday's geared more younger. You and I aren't going to be the ones. In fact, I didn't even curate most of Friday, right? That's our team that's in their mid to late 20s that just <laughs> know that stuff. Um, but, you know, Jid is one of the hottest things on the hip-hop scene right now. New album coming out in a couple of weeks, and he's just exploding. And uh, and you look at Paris, Texas on there. That's like the hottest new hip-hop group that right. is on crazy and then you got you know paris texas and and bakar it's is that how you pronounce it right bakar yeah freaking ridiculous unbelievable artist right and so and that falls in more your pop with bakar and dayglo i mean dayglo's amazing too and so you look at all that but then you you ask about k trinata i mean he's just huge on the edm scene right now so he's already headlined on cross before he's headlined in petco park i mean those in the EDM scene are going nuts over K Trinata. Awesome. Not, you know, if you're not in the EDM scene and you don't know the 10 subgenres of EDM, then you might not know K Trinata. <laughs> guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty, guilty, Paul. Guilty. Yeah. But I am excited for Beck and the Roots. But you know what? Like you would love on Sunday, Polo and Pan is an EDM artist, but I, I kind of call them the Jimmy Buffett of EDM. That's they are funny. Like this surf beach vibe for edm and it is such an amazing show and people go nuts over it how cool and that's when that's on sunday that's polo at pan yeah okay cool because i'll tell you i'm a huge fan well in addition to beck and obviously the roots as well cool side which actually cool side they just played the sound have some connections to san diego and talk about a freaking insane live show and just vibey and freaking cool that's what I mean. I, you know, people who know music, Chris, look at our lineup, like they're the ones that are reaching out to us right now going, oh my God, you've got a known mortal orchestra, bad, bad, not good. And yep. all together straight through back to back in a day. Like they're like, that's a day in itself, you know, for agreed. So, you know, and, and for us, it's like, yeah, no, they're great. And that's even the third line of that day. Yeah. It's, that's <laughs> awesome. Know. Then you have action Bronson. I mean, it goes on. So Obviously, and, and Action Bronson, by the way, is doing a very rare full band show. So he usually does a DJ set. At, at correct. This is his full band, the whole theatrical kind of presentation he does. So it's a really special show. What about the footprint? Is that going to change as far as those who have been in the past, what they're used to compared to this year? Yeah, there is a little change. We kind of squeezed it. Um, you know, one of the surveys from both years was it felt spread out, a little too spread out. So yeah, that was me, by the way. My feet were killing me. Yeah. So, you know, like if you were down at the two main stages in the park, down at the peninsula, 
And then you wanted to go see someone in the Seaport Village lot. Yeah, you had to walk over there and over the bridge and all that. So we're not doing the Seaport Village parking lot now. I took that main stage over there and we moved it into North Embarcadero Park, right where that turnaround circle is, kind of okay. right the park. Yep. So now you can float between there and then we... We're putting a like an EDM dance lounge that we're creating in the center of the park. We've got a really cool emerging artist club stage, and we're also building an Irish pub that we're calling the Kraken. The Kraken. What's is that related? Not related. Oh, there's the Kraken down here. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. This is so. Um, it's C R A I C and then I N N. Two words, right? So okay, different spelling for Irish sure. Like me, you know, crack. The word crack in in Irish means the good vibe, the good party, ever. That's like when they say, "Where's the good crack?" Okay. Right? <laughs> so we're like the crack in. Plus, it's right there along the water. So you've got you know the crack and monster in the logo of it. Yeah, when I hear "Where's the good crack," I think of a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny when you say that over in America. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I couldn't be more stoked for you, Paul, and I certainly wish you the best with the. Uh, with the on sale, I hear tickets are already moving very well. So congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's been starting out great. And uh, and one thing I'll, I'll mention too, we still do have the yacht parties. So we have that 400 person boat going out every hour on the hour with bands playing on it. And and actually this year, more of the bands on the main stages wanted to do just a fun acoustic set on that too. So people are going to have some really cool intimate treats with that. I love it. Yeah, it reminds me back in the day we used to host these private listener concerts and just go around the bay, bands, and just get drunk. That sounds perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's San Diego, right? I love it. Well, congratulations again, Paul. Thanks for making the time and uh, certainly encourage people to buy tickets. And uh, I'll talk to your people and maybe we can give away a pair here as well. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Let's do it. All right. Thank you so much, Paul. All the best to you. You too, Chris. Thank you to Paul. Appreciated the opportunity and certainly looking forward to Wonderfront 2024. If you would like to go to Wonderfront, win some passes, all you have to do is hit the website, youonline, Y-E-W-Online.com forward slash, is it contest or contests, plural? Let me check. I should probably know this stuff. Contest, plural. Yeah. You go to the contest page right now. You can win third eye blind tickets, Hosier tickets coming to North Island Credit Union Amphitheater September 14th. But if you go to that page right now, you can also get yourself a pair of tickets. I want to give you an edge. I want to make sure listeners of this program have an edge, an advantage. So, oh, I got it. Put your name in in all caps. That's it. All caps. All caps when you enter. That way I'll know you heard about it on this show. Okay? All right. Until next time, uh, thank you to Baja Bound. BajaBound.com. Mexican auto insurance, the best. Heading down to Max. Hit it up. Baja Bound. All right. I'm homebound. Wait, I am home. I'm bound bound.